Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the 2022 Africa Women's Cup of Nations with Zambia, Morocco, Nigeria and South Africa through to the semi-finals and qualifying too for next year's World Cup. Also, we take a look at who might win the CAF Awards with the shortlists having been made. And we speak to France-based Nigeria forward Terem Moffi, who plays for Lorient in France. We achieved our goals. As a team, we stayed in the league one. As an individual, I think um, I achieved my goals as well. So, yeah, I'm satisfied with this. That's coming later. Also, Stuart assesses Manchester United's 4-0 win over Liverpool in a pre-season friendly. But let's start at the 2022 Africa Women's Cup of Nations in Morocco as the quarterfinals were the biggest games of the tournament with the winners of those games making it through to the top four and hence qualifying for next year's Women's World Cup. Well, Morocco and Zambia both qualified for the World Cup for the first time. Morocco's 2-1 win over Botswana made them the first North African country to qualify for the Women's World Cup. Zambia beat Senegal on penalties after a 1-1 draw after extra time. Goalkeeper Hazel Nali, the hero for the Shipolo Polo in their shootout win. Here is Nali. It means so much for me and of course it's really a motivation because looking at uh, how much we've put in for us to reach this far, it's not easy but I feel consistency and knowing what you want as a player also helps and has seen us reach this far. Well done to Zambia for qualifying for the Women's World Cup for the first time. Nigeria beat Cameroon 1-0 in a game of few chances to stay on course for a 10th title. And South Africa beat Tunisia to make it to the World Cup again. So the semi-final lineup: Morocco will play Nigeria. Zambia will take on South Africa. Those games are on Monday and the final is on Saturday of next week. Well then, Ida, what do you make of the teams that are through? Steve, it was beautiful to see countries that have invested in women's football reap the benefits. And I think that this was a big, big takeaway for me, you know, from Wednesday's games. Because if you look at both teams, I mean, they aren't your typical or even historical women's football powerhouses in Africa. Zambia have, you know, just come into their own in recent years, for example, As for Morocco, well, we've talked about the development of women's football there, and it's been a conscious effort, you know, by the Federation with support from the royal family. And this was simply amazing to witness, you know, teams breaking new frontiers. Focusing on Zambia, and frankly, look, many expected them to get to the semifinals. And after being the only team, to represent the continent at the Tokyo Olympics. Well, this was a natural part of the process, you know, for a team of that stature. From a first Olympics to a maiden Women's World Cup, this generation, Steve, of Zambian footballers is changing the scene. And I just want to say a big congratulations to this amazing unit. And with all these big-time achievements, actually, many might fail to realize that it's only their 
first ever semi-final at the Wavkin. And it's worth shouting out the Senegalese team because before the tournament, Steve, we talked about how they exited at the group stage in their previous two Wafkins. So despite this loss to the Copper Queens, it was quite commendable, you know, and very on brand, actually, with the massive improvement that we've seen in Senegalese football generally this year. To Morocco and what hasn't the country done, you know, to push women's football. It's It's been deliberate, it's been intentional, you know, including bringing in one of the most experienced coaches. We're talking two-time European Women's Champions League winner, Renald Pedros, who also won with Lyon. Now, the sort of money they've put into the game, Steve, their plans of involving up to 100,000 women in football, you know, either at playing or coaching levels, you know, it's been absolutely incredible to watch. And remember that this was just two years ago that this deal was signed and see where they are now. And an honorable mention, Steve, to Botswana for getting to the quarterfinals on their debut on the African continent. I personally think that even more than the big guns, it's been stories like these for me this year, Steve, you know, even at the AFCON earlier in the year. So a fantastic entry into African football for the Botswana ladies and, you know, hopefully one that they can build on to grow. Yeah, so that semi-final lineup again, Morocco against Nigeria, Zambia versus South Africa, all through to the World Cup already. It remains to be seen who will be the winners of the 2022 WAFCON. We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to the CAF Awards. And as expected, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah are on the 10-man shortlist for the CAF Men's Player of the Year Award for 2021-22. to Mane, who joined Bayern Munich last month, is the holder of the award, which was last given away back in 2019. The others to have made it from the initial 30 names are Algeria's Riyad Mahrez, Senegal's Edouard Mendy, Liverpool midfield. Fielder Nabi Keita, Cameroon's Vincent Aboubakar, who became the first player to score eight goals at a Nations Cup in over 50 years. Another Cameroonian made it too, that's Carl Toko Akambi, and Morocco's Atraf Hakimi, Ivory Coast prolific striker Sebastian Haller, and Senegal defender Khalidou Koulibaly. Uh, well, the Coach of the Year shortlist uh, makes it very difficult to judge. Uh, there are Senegal's Aliou Cisse uh, qualifying his team for the World Cup and winning the Nations Cup too. Former Egypt coach Carlos Queiroz, Gambia coach Tom Sanfier, who did great things with the Scorpions, the former Al-Athli coach Pizzo Massimani and Widad Casablanca's Walid Regragi, who won the Champions League with Widad. Uh, for the Women's Player of the Year award, a former winners Asisat Oshwala of Nigeria and Tembi Katlana of South Africa are on the 10-player shortlist. Uh, both dropped out of the ongoing WAFCON due to injury, but Oshwala is after a fifth award, while Katlana was the second South African to win it uh, back in 2018. Uh, the winners will be announced next Thursday. Uh, what are your thoughts on who might take these awards, Ida? Well, it might be a Senegalese double with uh, Sadio Mani and Aliou Sissi. I mean, don't you think? Because for many, it would be the obvious choice, no, because of what they've achieved. And actually together, you know, winning the Afghan and then qualifying for the World Cup, both are not mean feats in the least. 
And specifically to do with the Afghan, it was a first one in Senegal's history. So I personally find it very difficult for anyone else to top that. And focusing on Sadio Mane, well, he's also had cup success with Liverpool. But looking generally at Senegal, and that successful year that we are talking about, has seen two other players included, Edward Mendy and Kalidou Koulibaly. Steve, Salah's case isn't weak either. It's just that it's on a more individual level, you know, as compared to his former Liverpool teammate Mane. So remember he ended the season as a joint top scorer and he also provided the most assists in that particular EPL season. So not weak by any chance, but I do believe that it will be Sane and uh, it will be Mane, sorry, and Sisse for this one. Yes, well, thanks, Ida. And on social media, asking for your thoughts on this, who do you think deserves to win the African Footballer of the Year award? Uh, so the men's award is Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, along with the likes of Riyad Mahrez, Edward Mendy, Nabi Keita and Vincent Aboubakar. Sebastian Haller is there as well. So who do you think deserves to win the award for the men's African Footballer of the Year? You can go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there. Or you can send us a WhatsApp up to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero that's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero who do you think deserves to take the men's african footballer of the year award now, two weeks ago on the show, we had an interview with Joe Aribo, who was with Scottish club Glasgow Rangers at the time. And exciting news is that Nigeria's Aribo has moved to Southampton in the English Premier League. Aribo is 25. He joins for a fee reported to be around $7 million, rising to $12 million with add-ons. Well, now let's hear from another Nigeria forward, Terem Moffi, who plays for Lorient in France. Moffi is 23, he's a centre forward, and he played in the Super Eagles two AFCON qualifiers in June. At a club level, he scored eight goals and had four assists in his second season in the French League One to help Lorient stay in the league, but he did have some injury problems. He had 14 goals the previous season, and Moffi spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji. Yeah, um, I'm satisfied as a team, as an individual. I think we, we achieved our goals as a team. We stayed in the League One as an individual, I think, um, I achieved my goals as well, so yeah, I'm satisfied with this. It's been a toppy, kind of topsy-turvy for um, Lorient in the French League. What do you think is really the major challenge for the team this season? Um, I think we need to get our mentality right. Um, sometimes we give away some some points we're not supposed to. We lose some games we're not supposed to. And we need to work on our mentality as a team. As, as individuals, we've got great quality, so we have to put this together and work as a team. And also, um, for Nigeria, you're back in the, in the in the squad again. This must excite you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm thankful to God. Um, it's always good to be around the boys in the national team. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. Everyone has been talking about Nigerians now finally um, showing what they're capable of doing in the French League. I mean, Moses Simon won the Coupe de France. Um, you um, stay off as well, and then you have your friend Innocent Bonke in Lorient as well. French League is looking like a place Nigerians are getting to to, to just um, settle down again. Yeah, um, you know, the French League, it's physical, it's fast, it's technical as well. So these are really gifted players playing in the League One. 
And for Moses Simon, I'm really happy and buzzing for this guy. He deserves everything. So yeah, I'm really happy for him. Um, last time you, um, you couldn't make the nominee for the top 10 African players in the French, uh, award. That's the Mark Vivian Foy award because you hadn't played for Nigeria then. That was where, was the organizer says because you, you had an amazing run. And when I spoke to them, they said, Oh, it's because he hadn't been capped by Nigeria. That's why he didn't qualify to play. I mean, this season they've left you out again. You must, do you feel any sign of disappointment or anything? I'm, I'm not disappointed. I mean, last season I, I would have been, I think, favorite for the um, the trophy, mm. but this season hasn't been like last season. So um, I understand the organi- organizers and the other African players who have done really well. So yeah, they deserve it. Now everyone is talking about your future. <laughs> everyone is talking about like they could see tomorrow. I mean, you're enjoying life in France, but I mean, is there any special league, any particular league you'd love to play someday? Yeah, at the moment I I enjoy France, you know. In the future, obviously, every top player wants to play in the Premier League. So let's see, let's see how it goes. When when you look at Nigeria, I mean, you were looking forward to playing in your first Afghan. It didn't happen. You were also looking forward to playing at your first World Cup in Qatar. It didn't happen. On an individual basis with national team, you must have a dream of your own. Um, every footballer wants to play for the national team. We present we present them at the highest level, um, African Cup of Nations as well. So. For the AFCON, it was disappointing, you know, but I think the strikers who they called up were in fantastic form. Awuni was doing great, and um, Sedukuma was on fire as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's understandable, honestly. I really understand the coach's decision, I respect it as well. And for the World Cup, I mean, it happens in football, so we move, we fight again. Does the arrival of a new manager give you a new uh, motivation to want to do well and get yourself in the squad on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, I try, try my best every time to give my 100% to be in the squad. Um, with the arrival of the new coach, um, I think it's it's an opportunity for everyone to show what they can and try to win their spots. But it's going to be difficult, you know, because in the striking role, we've got brilliant players. So you have to be on your game 247, no sleeping. You have to be ready. Yeah. We see that on Instagram, you love your fashion. Are you, do you consider yourself to be the most fashionable <laughs> guy in the Lorient squad? Ah, nah. I mean, I mean, I'm there, but you know, I won't say it's me, but I'm there. I'm up there. You get me? Looking good is good business. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a model as well. So yeah, you guys bring the, bring the endorsement. I'm here for you guys. Yes, the business of football. That's another side of Nigeria's Terra Mafi, the fashionable side. Mafi plays for Lorient in France. He has two years left on his contract. And now let's talk about another story in African football that uh, caught the eye. That's Congolese coach Floron Ibenge. He's moving to Sudanese giants Al Hilal as head coach for the next two years. Ibenge, who's 60, took RS Bakan of Morocco to their second CAF Confederation Cup triumph this season, but is now moving on. There's not many like him, but South Africa's Pizzo Mossimani, with his spell at Al-Athli in Egypt, is another black African coach to have succeeded in North Africa. And Ibenge's achievement is a notable one, Ida. It's definitely notable, Steve. And uh, <laughs> as for Ibenga's personality, well, it might not be for everyone, but I personally think that what he's done can't be denied. I mean, don't forget that this was a man who at one point in time, remember, Steve, combined his role as national team coach 
with his coaching at AS Vita Club. I mean, he led AS Vita to two finals in the two spells he was there. And he also led the DR Congo to the Chan in 2016. He also got them to the bronze at the Africa Cup of Nations. So to me, at least, this is absolutely undeniable stuff. And I feel that that's the general vibe that Ibenge gives, you know, that some may not like him, but they actually have no choice but to respect his work, if you think about it. It seemed natural that he joined the Moroccan side because, look, as we've said, this is a country that has been developing its football for years, and it's now reaping the rewards. I mean, even on club level, Steve, Aris Berkane, for example, set up a plan in 2012, you know, when they got promoted to the Botola Pro 1, which is the Moroccan first division. And that strategy is what's currently helping them, you know. It's the second time in three seasons, Steve, that Morocco have won the Confederation Cup. The other win went to Raja Casablanca in 2021. Yes, wish the uh, Congolese Florent Ibenge all the best in Sudan uh, as coach of Al-Hilal. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on Manchester United's 4-0 win over Liverpool in a friendly. Uh, can we read anything into that? You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Let's go to social media now. Last week we asked, which player would you like your favourite English Premier League club to sign? Uh, lots happening on the transfer market, lots of rumours too. So we asked, who would you like your favourite side to sign? And we had lots of interesting suggestions. Uh, we start with Sideko Suno in the Gambia, who says, I need my team Tottenham to go for Musa Barrow from Bologna in Italy. Yes, uh, Barrow, one of the Scorpions' big stars. Uh, lots of suggestions when it comes to Chelsea. Abdul Rahman Turai in Sierra Leone says, I'd love my team Chelsea to get a good replacement for Antonio Rudiger. He's a defender that is so aggressive. Uh, D Money in Nigeria says, I'd like Chelsea to go for Kelechi Iheanacho or any other African top player. We need an African spirit in Chelsea, says D Money. Uh, David Tereka in Uganda says, I want Chelsea to sign back Tammy Abraham. Yes, after so many goals uh, in Italy for Abraham. Uh, Victor James in Nigeria says, I'd like Chelsea to sign Rafinha, uh, the Brazilian who's with Leeds. Ambrose Emenike in Nigeria is another Chelsea fan. He says, I love De Ligt of Juventus and Cristiano Ronaldo. Also, Chelsea should sign Kalidou Koulibaly from Napoli, says Ambrose. And we've got a voice note from a Chelsea fan in the Gambia, Mohamed Sire Ba. I would like Chelsea to sign Cristiano Ronaldo because he's a good player and a fine scorer who is capable of scoring goal at any minute, at any level. He is in need of playing Champions League. So that being the case, if they sign him, it will be a great impact for Chelsea. 
Thanks there to Mohamed Sireba. Great to hear from you. Lots of suggestions from Manchester City fans. Belinda Njeba is in Cameroon. She says, I'd like Sterling to remain where he is. That's at Manchester City, although Raheem Sterling has now moved to Chelsea. Sylvester Chaga in Zimbabwe says, I don't want to see Nathan Ake leaving the club. Ferdinand Njisise in Nigeria says, Man City should bring in Mark Kukurea from Brighton and another defender. If Ake is to leave, uh, Tyson Truster Mukomawasha in Zimbabwe says Kukurela and Serge Gnabry to City. Uh, Donny C says, "What about a Tottenham Son to move to Man City?" Uh, that'd be an interesting one. Uh, Manchester United fan Collins Dumba says, "I'd like my beloved club to buy Malang Saar from Chelsea. Uh, Saar, a defender who got a bit of game time towards the end of last season." And uh, Joseph uh, Ari Barito in Zimbabwe says, I want my club Manchester United to buy Alvaro Morata. And then from Liverpool supporters, Gizzi Alaga says, I want Liverpool to go for Diabala, who is a free agent at the moment. And then we've got a voice note from Balong Baji in the Gambia, who's got a different idea as to who the Reds need. Citing what transpired during the Champions League finals and in the EPL, uh, I am not underrating uh, the striking force of Liverpool, but I think they denied Liverpool being champion. So I think signing uh, Ivan Tony will change things. Though he's not a fast player, but very firm. And his scoring abilities helped Bradford to qualify to the EPL. Ivan Tony for Liverpool says Belong Badgie there. Thanks for that. From Arsenal supporters, Joseph Joetu in Sierra Leone says I need my team Arsenal to go for Serge Gnabry and a good left back too. Also want uh, goalkeeper Bernd Leno to stay. And uh, Gnabry, it looks so he's likely to stay at Bayern Munich at the moment, uh, by the way. Uh, David Oyossi says Arsenal should strengthen their midfield by bringing in Ruben Neves from Wolves. Mohamed Yapo Sise in South Sudan says, I'd like Arsenal to go for Renato Sanchez from Lille to strengthen the midfield. Uh, Sanchez was headed to Paris Saint-Germain, but now AC Milan seem to be in the picture there. Uh, thanks for that to Mohamed. Then other Arsenal fans, Nel Siski lopez Nelovic in Uganda says, I'd like Arsenal to sign Renato Sanchez, Yuri Tielemans from Leicester, and Alexander Zinchenko from Man City. And Boya in Nigeria says, I'd love Arsenal to sign Wilfred Ndidi from Leicester, the midfielder. And finally, back to Chelsea. Jay in Kenya says, I'd like to see Matthias De Ligt at Chelsea. He's a player that a few people certainly have their eyes on. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments and suggestions. Always great to hear from you, and we'll be keeping an eye on the transfer market here on Planet Sport Football Africa, show brought to you by Passion for Sport. Let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, now. And uh, let's start uh, with a very eye-catching result in a pre-season friendly. Manchester United 4, Liverpool 0 in a game played in Thailand. Can we read anything into that, Stuart? Well, as you say, um, it was only a pre-season friendly. But if you've lost 6-1 to Liverpool last season, I think the Manchester United supporters would be quite happy with it. Goals from Sancho, Martial, Fred and a young Uruguayan called Pelistri. But it was a meaningless friendly in the sense also that Manchester United came out for the second half with 10 new outfield players. 
and Liverpool changed their team every 30 minutes so that by the end of the game they had used 31 players in total. What we do take out of it is that Jadon Sancho, Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford all looked good and sharp and frankly that's not a description that was used about any of those three very often last season. So um, don't read too much into it but it is an encouragement for Manchester United to start uh, being able to beat Liverpool but again you know you could ask the questions whether they should be playing friendlies for money in Thailand. I wonder if uh, Ten Hag would prefer to just be training and, and preparing. But remember what um, Van Hal said, that Manchester United is a commercial club, not a football club. And perhaps that's an example of it. Staying with Manchester United, Wayne Rooney, having resigned as manager of Derby County, when the future ownership of the club was uncertain, has now become the manager of DC United in Washington, DC, USA. And that's the club he previously played for. And he now joins Phil Neville, who is manager of Miami, a club owned by David Beckham. So quite a Manchester United presence in the North American uh, Soccer League. Steve, I need to tell you that Lech Poznan of Poland are out of the Champions League. Now, it hardly seems five minutes since Real Madrid were beating Liverpool in the final of the 2022 Champions League. But already the preliminary round of the 2023 Champions League has been played and Poznan and 14 other clubs are already eliminated in the middle of July. Well, it uh, just never ends, does it, this uh, football calendar? And uh, Stuart, uh, you've been uh, taking a look at some of these statistics to do with transfers. Well, according to the Premier League website, 282 transfers have taken place during the summer transfer window. Now, that number does include some duplicates with a player moving from one Premier League club to another Premier League club being counted twice. But what is interesting is that 211 players have left Premier League clubs, but only 71 have joined. So it looks as if clubs are getting rid of players before they can sign new ones. And then a number of cases, it's players being released who didn't quite make it. But the statistics are strange and striking. Arsenal and Tottenham have each released 15 players, Brighton and Manchester United 14, Leeds and Crystal Palace 12. And what about Wolves? They've released 13 players and only signed one. And the three promoted clubs have been especially busy, with Fulham releasing 19 players and signing four. Nottingham Forest releasing 15 and bringing in 7. Bournemouth losing 9 and signing 2. Which is really quite interesting, Steve, because we talk about how exciting it is for the players to get promoted to the Premier League. But in a lot of cases, the club is saying, sorry, mate, you're not good enough. Now, just look at the top four for a moment. It's an interesting question, which of them has done the best business? Well, Manchester City have gained Erling Haaland, and Calvin Phillips, but they've lost Gabriel Jesus, Raheem Sterling and Bernardino. So I think it's really important that Haaland, so to speak, hits the ground running and adjusts quickly to the Premier League. Liverpool have signed Darwin Nunes, but they've lost Sadio Mane. I think that they will miss Mane. Chelsea have signed Raheem Sterling, but have parted company with Antonio Rudiger and Andreas Christensen, two fine defenders. And of course, Romelu Lukaku has gone, but he was a disappointment. 
Tottenham have signed Ricarlison, who I think will give them something that they're missing. And also Ivan Perisic, Fraser Foster and Eve Basuma. But, you know, to be honest, I am not sure that you could say that any of the top four are significantly stronger. But then, of course, there's a few more weeks for them to sign new players. And finally, one African moving to the Premier League, Crystal Palace, have signed Cheek Ducori uh, from Lens. He's a Mali international, so it'll be interesting to see how he can do under uh, Patrick Vieira. Yeah, interesting indeed uh, that to move there for Sheikh Dukure to Crystal Palace. Well, thanks, Stuart. Uh, before we go, a reminder of our question on social media this week. Who do you think deserves to win the African Footballer of the Year Award? Uh, the 10-man shortlist for the CAF Men's Player of the Year Award includes Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, as expected. Also there, Algeria's Riyad Mahrez, Edouard Mendy of Chelsea and Senegal, Nabi Keita, the Cameroonians Vincent Aboubakar and Carl Toko Akambi, Morocco's Atraf Hakimi, the striker Sebastian Haller, who did so well at Ajax, the Ivorian, and Senegal defender Khalidou Koulibaly of Napoli. So who do you think deserves to win the award? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. The winners will be announced on a Thursday. And a reminder of the semi-final lineup at the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. Morocco playing Nigeria, the nine-time champions, and Zambia taking on South Africa. Those games are on Monday. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.